Uh, David, you want to do it? Sure. I, Since I, you I, haven't been here yeah. <laughs> 17 weeks. I know. I just keep, you know, MPA is over. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, baby. I listened to the last episode, by the way. I don't think you I don't think Garrett replaced me. I think I can hold. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll 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 do it. Lit. All right. Gotta Whoa. rub the hands. I got it. right there. Here you go. So you can see it. My hands are moisturized and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna leave that in the edit. Never mind. All right, go. <laughs> Aaron, pull out the quacks again. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. Fully uh, cast. We have our full lineup here. No Zions, no asterisks on this episode. <laughs> My name is David Rivero. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. Dun, 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 dun. It's Natty time. Yeah. Knock on wow. wood, man. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Oh, just going to ignore me being superstitious over here? I'm a little superstitious. It's St. Patty's Day, so I get at least like a little bit of, I get a pass. He has the luck. I'm wearing my green today and everything. I don't see y'all wearing green. We we can all see that. (laughs) I've got green underwear. I'm colorblind. I think I'm wearing green right now. Is that a green collared shirt that I see? On me? No, 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 on Maverick. Yes, it is. <laughs> I look formal. I can dress nice. I don't look good in green. It, it clashes with my tone. Audio medium. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we are on an audio medium. Nobody can see <laughs> any green. What if we're really descriptive? <laughs> Of a green polo shirt. It's literally hey, just a wait, green polo shirt. For reference, actually, see, mine's green and it gradients to navy blue. It's like a Notre Dame Ooh. shirt. Anyway. Anyway. I'm Aaron. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Aaron P. Friedman. Good to have us. We're a little rusty, Aaron. <laughs> We're a little bit rusty. I was thinking about something witty to say, but I didn't think of anything. You got to do that before we start talking. <laughs> it's got to be spontaneous. Before I say y'all ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you said recording like a second after. You said you're flustered. Ready. Yeah, usually ready means like 15 second warning. <laughs> I got nervous. <laughs> anyway, Colby here at Colby Complains. Still thinking about changing my Twitter. I don't know. We'll see. I'm thinking about but, launching my Twitter into the sun. So, <laughs> <laughs> but every time I think about changing my Twitter, like I tried, it's Colby. It's taken. I tried just Colby. It's taken. I tried it's underscore Colby and just underscore Colby, and those are taken. Three of those people went to Carolina. Are you serious? <laughs> so, and one of them was a cheerleader. So, like, just jack my entire brand. Can't trust these people. At all. How are y'all's weeks? Aaron, David, what have you been up to? Well, uh, we had MPA this past week. Um, The week before, I was just 
uh, let's see, what was I doing? Oh, I was in Virginia last episode. So Sunday I was in Virginia, and then this week I had MPA, which is Music Performance Adjudication, um, came out really well. Kids did great. Stress is now off my shoulders. I will be coasting my butt all the way to the end of the year. It will be fantastic. Um, And yeah, Steve, if you're listening, you didn't hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a very fun day at LaGuardia Airport, as I'm sure Colby and Maverick and David, not David, and Garrett told y'all last week. I was there for... A nice eight hours. Do not recommend. I was ticketed for, I think, eight or nine flights that day. Um, then I had a nice two days at home. Then I got to spend some time at Charlotte at the ACC tournament, which was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but segue to the future. We got a one seed. And now I'm back in Chapel Hill for three more days until I go to Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. The illustrious metropolis. I am very excited. Do not talk crap about Columbus. <laughs> I, I was not going to. <laughs> Just got a little, little too much dip on your chip at the end. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, yeah. um, so yeah, let's jump into uh, the big stories of football. Is what everyone's talking about today. Um, oh, yes. AB to Oakland. The saga is over. <clears throat> I honestly thought, like, the minute that I think G- like GMs and NFL front offices aren't stupid, they do everything in their power to convince me otherwise. Like, good lord. Like, you couldn't even get a first rounder for AB. Like, that, like, I, like, the Raiders, like, I gave them a lot of crap for trading Khalil Mack and trading Amari Cooper. And I still will give them crap. But, like, the fact that they finessed AB without even giving up one of those first-rounders is, like, that is an all-time finesse move. And, you know, I still think they'll screw it up in the draft. (laughs) Like, they have, like, five first-round picks, and they're going to screw up every single one of them. But still, like, props to them for, for, for finessing that. What is it, Mike Mayock, who's their GM now? Um that sounds right. Yeah, so I mean, props to them and what the absolute hell are you doing, Steelers? <laughs> like I said, Steelers are not known for making these kind of decisions. And so we'll get to the second one. They they had not one but two kind of blunders in the last two days. Um I wonder I with both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown leaving I wonder if they're just ready to move on at this point just because of how long both sort of storylines have lasted. I mean, the Le'Veon Bell stuff was going on for like two years, and then we had the Antonio Brown stuff going on for most of this year. Now, could it be that the Steelers' front office hubris got the most, got the best of them? Because I feel like, well, the Antonio Brown one is a little different. Le'Veon Bell ended up going to the Jets, but I feel like some of it is kind of the Steelers believed they could do whatever they wanted with their players, more like they were pieces instead of looking at them like humans and trying to find humans that will work best together. And 
look, AB did not want to be in the same room as Ben Roethlisberger anymore, and he kind of forced his will on that front office to get him out of there. Um, so I, I get the, sh- the, the shopping him part. But like you said, uh, David, I, I can't believe that they, they couldn't get anything better than a third and a fifth. For yeah. int- for the best right receiver in the game right now, debatably the best. Oh my goodness, we'll get there. We we'll get there. So that yeah, I mean that's like my that's the whole crux of my argument is that they couldn't get properly compensated for for AB. Like regard, I get that he's what is he twenty nine or thirty or I don't know how old he is, but he's I know he's kind of up there in age, but. The f- he's led the league in catches the last like five years. I think I I don't understand how you don't get a first rounder for someone that produces that much. Like when you think of a, a receiver that you can just literally toss a ball in their general direction and they'll end up with it. Antonio Brown, OBJ, those are the two. He will be thirty one by the time next season starts. But I've seen some some Steelers fans on my timeline try to rationalize this by saying that Juju Smith Schuster is a better wide receiver. Well, they don't than Antonio really, Brown, don't, and that is, about, but they don't realize that his production, Juju Smith Schuster's production next year is going to drop off because Juju is now their best receiver. The, he's all drawing the, the double. I mean, all the doubles maybe, that maybe it'll drawing. Now Juju is drawing. He will it's be because getting. Antonio he was will be. He will be the getting the, away from Juju. He will be getting doubles, but he'll also be getting a lot more targets. So I don't know. Juju is really good. Obviously, not as good as Antonio Brown. I think that it's similar to that he was the Adam Thielen to Antonio Brown's Stephon Diggs. I I feel like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are a lot closer than Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster. I think. Part of that is because Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are kind of the same player. Whereas Juju's more of a, a speed Z receiver than Antonio Brown's like route runner on the left side. At least from from I don't watch like every Steelers game and every uh Vikings game, but that's like how I understand how they play. Yeah, but I still think it's a fair analogy. It's like through most of last season, I think a lot of the reason why Thielen was so good is because Diggs was still getting most of the double teams. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's and fair. when Thielen started getting those doubles, his production dropped off significantly. That's all fair. But I don't know about. I'm still conflicted about the haul that the about what the Raiders gave up for Antonio Brown because. A third and a fifth isn't much, but the Browns only gave up a fourth and a seventh for Jarvis Landry. Amari Cooper did get a first, but he's a lot younger. A fourth and a seventh is is a bad trade. <laughs> a yeah. fourth and a seventh for <laughs> Jarvis Landry is a bad trade. Or I, maybe I'm misunderstanding the production of these players. Maybe maybe we just overvalue wide receivers in a way that NFL GMs don't. Mm, I don't think that's... But I don't know, because wide receivers routinely fetch giant contracts. Uh, Yeah, but it it keeps happening. I think that it's probably just that NFL GMs believe that wide receivers are very replaceable. I think running backs are the most replaceable. I don't think wide receiver. I think a star wide receiver is worth the money. 
like I, like I said, I think AB is one of those two receivers that you say, I'm going to throw this ball at you somewhere. Go get it. He's one of those receivers. Now he is, he is 31. And I feel like for a lot of football players, like that's the, this is the time where production starts to drop. But I, but not even a second, not even a second rounder, a third rounder. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't justify that. So there was some to switch a little to Le'Veon Bell. There was a little, there a couple going to the Raiders. I Raiders ran into a bit of the problem that they had with, um, I think what ended up happening with Khalil Mack, if you remember last summer, the Raiders ran out of money. Like it wasn't like a a cap situation like they have one of the best cap situations in the league they just didn't have enough liquid assets to hang on to Khalil Mack and I wonder if that if they would have had that the money to do it if Le'Veon would have went to Oakland and that's a situation I don't understand how you let your your franchise get into that space until I see that your owner has a haircut that looks how it does (laughs) but (laughs) Um, so what ends up happening is Le'Veon, after saying he's conflicted about a lot of things, ends up going, um, to the Jets. I don't know how that's going to work. Like, I, I don't think I believe in that experiment. (laughs) Why not? I, uh, something seems off to me. I don't know. I guess I haven't looked, paid enough attention to, to their offensive line to really know, but Sam Darnold is not the greatest. And then on top of that, he's in New York where it's like, "Mm, you thought Steelers media was bad. And then on top of that, he's, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it. He is a great workhorse like back like he's a back you would hand it to like 35 times and he'll get you 160 i just don't know how successful it'll be in new york who knows i could be wrong i just there's something nagging at me that i don't believe it now correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that he has a it's a four-year deal worth 52 million um it's like 30-something guaranteed? Yeah, about with 30-something guaranteed, which is similar to what the Steelers were offering him. But going back to the Steelers' front office, what they do when they have contracts like this is that they front-load a lot of their guaranteed money in the first two years. The Jets spread out that guaranteed money throughout all four years, and I think that's another spot of the, the Steelers thinking they can get away with something that they've been doing for a number of years where players are starting to say, well... I don't ha- if I don't have to take this money. Like I can go somewhere else and get something similar that will put me in a better situation financially. So, go- going off of that, did Le'Veon win? I think in my, his mind, he won mainly because he's out of Pittsburgh now. Like that's over. I mean, he's getting the guaranteed money that he was looking for, just like Antonio Brown was getting. And like you're saying, you're spreading it out over four years rather than getting it all up front so that he's not technically going without that guaranteed money in later seasons. I mean, I, I, I believe in his mind he, he's won. 
And I think a lot of people would, would agree. Yeah, I, I tend to think that way. I think that if he got a deal close to what he wanted, I think that's good enough for him to say that, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm I not sure if winning is the best way to look at it, but I think he, he's satisfied with where he ended up after after his season. I mean, this is someone who, who has been very clear in that he could retire tomorrow and not care. Like, he doesn't need the money necessarily, but yet he's still getting it because he's that talented of a player. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was watching clips of him on, like, NFL Live when they were talking about the deal, and I just forgot, like, how good of a runner he is. Like, he... So patient. He's so patient. He's like a Buddhist he's, monk back there just so waiting patient. for his hole to open up. Um... And then the the last big deal that we saw is um, a small one, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. going to Cleveland. Heck, yeah. So I don't I don't think anyone has any emotional um, investment in this deal. But Aaron, how do you how do you think this will end up shaking out? Completely rationally, I think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Different from every year, right? <laughs> the past couple of years were just fake outs. <laughs> Smoke screens. <laughs> Smoke screens. Gotta lull the rest of the league to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they get you. But actually, like what what do you think of, of this um this pickup? I actually do think that it's a fantastic pickup. I'm sad to see Jabril Peppers go, but if that's I remember sitting in a coffee shop with you, like putting your head down over for grilled peppers. Oh yeah. So do I, but I think that he's done some stuff to win me over over the past year. I think that when we moved him closer to the line, he became a much more viable defender. I never wanted him to be a guy in coverage because that's not what he is. He's a guy that's going to rush the line. He's going to be like an Earl Thomas. And he, he's and, a box safety, but is he a, Good box safety. I don't know. He made debatably the biggest tackle of our season when we beat the Broncos. So you got to thank him for that. I think that a first is a lot, especially compared to what Antonio Brown got. But personally, I think it's worthwhile to get a guy like Odell Beckham and have the offense that we now have. Because now our offense features... Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and halfway through the season, Kareem Hunt and David Njoku, all of whom are 26 or younger. It's a young team. It's a young team, but it's a talented team. I mean, it's a good pickup. Like, it's it's going to be good. I'm interested to see how Jarvis and OBJ operate together because I don't I was not watching those LSU teams so yeah I mean obviously they haven't played together in a few years but I'm sure that I'm excited to see them work together because I think everyone knows that they're best friends and they don't have a who was it Mettenberger is that who was throwing to them yeah I think Zap Mettenberger was the guy Dick <laughs> the goat Zach Mettenberger. I remember him just getting beat up 
one game, <laughs> his offensive line just literally stopped blocking like halfway through the game, and he they was went, so they, mad. They went remember the Titans <laughs> and just stopped blocking. <laughs> like I've never seen anything like that where they they literally just stopped. Like that's dangerous. So you could kill a guy like that. That was that was outrageous. But I mean. Uh, I hate this. Are the Browns going to win the AFC North? Yep. I mean, I'll, we're by far and away the favorites now with how the rest of the division's looking. How? But the, I still think the Ravens are a good team. Yeah, they're good. But we're better. <laughs> Who else is in the North? The Bengals, Bengals. and the Steelers, oh, okay, yeah. both so, of whom Steelers. suck. Yeah, I as much like goodwill as the Steelers have earned. Like I, I just don't think they have the pieces anymore. I, I do think that the Ravens are going to be a very good football team, especially defensively. And I think another year for Lamar Jackson, I think he's just going to get better. Uh, but the, the Browns are looking in, in good shape to, to get to the playoffs next year. Heck yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So, um, anything else with football? I think those were, were the big things to great, hit on. Great signing by the Panthers, sending Matt Paradis at center. Um, yeah, yeah. We, still, well, we still don't have a left guard at all. <clears throat> my favorite signing, uh, <laughs> Fitzpatrick to the, um, <laughs> the Dolphins. To the Dolphins. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> were you the one that sent me the cycle of Fitzpatrick? No, that no. wasn't me. Oh, the words like he plays well, he got signed to extension, he starts as your quarterback, he starts sucking, he gets cut, signed by another team as a backup. <laughs> that quarterback, that starting quarterback gets hurt, he fills in repeat cycle. <laughs> Is he a backup right now though? No, I think he's, he's a starter. No, he's in he's in the point where he did well enough as a starter that he gets his own team. So now he's going to suck again. Unless the cut. Dolphins, unless the Dolphins draft somebody, and you're telling me that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the solution to all their problems. He is not, and this is because the Dolphins traded Tannehill to the Titans. Okay, but I mean it's okay. But uh, he, he, I think he's going to be a backup for us to Marcus. Oh, yeah. and I hate to say this when inevitably he gets hurt. I think Tannehill can win games. We will um, see. Devin Funches to the Colts, which I disagree with Garrett. He says see, he says um, Samuel is wide receiver one. He says Curtis Samuels is wide receiver one. I think DJ Moore is wide receiver one, but we'll see. I mean, I don't like our wide receiver situation. It's not great, but I think that um, Curtis and DJ deserve more playing time than they were getting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Need a bit. You need a big body receiver, though. You do. Um, just you know, one that's better than Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Kelvin Benjamin was a big body. <laughs> He was a big body, all right. A chonk? He was chonk. Yes, he was a chonk. Also, speaking of the Panthers, I forgot to mention, but one of the days that we were in Charlotte, uh, the Trumpets and I took a tour of Bank of America Stadium. 
It's a nice stadium, ain't it? Yeah, it was really cool. I said to Evan afterwards, I would rather take a tour of any baseball stadium than any football stadium, but that was still a really cool tour. And our tour guide adored Jerry Richardson. Oh. Oh. Which was very interesting to hear him (laughs) rave about Jerry Richardson and not once bring up Jerry Richardson being very much so racist. And, you know, a a sexist sleazebag, but, you know, go off with that statue, boy. (laughs) Am I wrong in saying that he's the only owner to have a statue of himself? I believe that's true. And he's not even an owner anymore. Nope. Uh, it It is in David Tepper's contract that he is not allowed to take it down. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Or else he he would have. He I, I he 100% would have taken, he, 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 he would have no, taken it down. Taken it down. Oh, the tour guide only ex- only referred to Richardson and Tepper as Mr. Richardson and Mr. Tepper. Yeah, you all the players said Mr. Mr. Rich, Mr. Richardson. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Also, the tour guide came for our lives in the section of the tour where we got to sit in one of the luxury suites. He was like, yeah, go ahead, take a seat. This is the only time you're ever going to get to be in here. Oh, dang. Yeah. It's like when I went to the Blue Zone for the for Bam Banquet. <laughs> <laughs> so did you pay for this or like was this something offered to band? Uh, it was a $6 tour. Oh. Hmm. And we were lucky in that we had breakfast provided at the hotel, which is not normal during travel. So basically it was the majority of our breakfast money. Um, let's talk basketball. Basketball. Why? So, what happened? The bouncy ball. Let's do the ACC tournament quickly. Um, we, Carolina beat Louisville, lost to Duke by a point um, to exit in the semifinal round. Um, and Duke went on to win the ACC tournament over Florida State, who defeated Virginia um, in the semifinals. So let's talk Virginia-Florida State first. Did y'all watch that game? Uh, Virginia did the thing where they just forget, like their whole pack line defense just stops working. <laughs> well, he, here's the thing. He, here's the thing. Florida State did exactly what UMBC did last year. Because now, now we have a formula to beat Virginia, which is the hard part is make shots. Right. But after you make shots, press them. And you don't even have to, like, press them to try to get a steal or try to force a turnover. Just them make up. them work to get – ooh, didn't mean to hit the mic there. Make them work to get the ball past half court. Because by the time they hit the 10-minute mark of the second half, they were gassed. Yeah, they they expend so much energy on defense. Like I always say, like how are they not gassed by the time they get to the end of the game? And usually their defense warrants that they can get the team to take a bad shot, they get the rebound, and then they can take it up the court leisurely and take their shot within the last like 10 seconds of the shot clock to give them a little bit of a break before they have to go play defense again when the other team's making shots and they have to come from behind and have some urgency. Now they're like, they're trying to run (laughs) and nobody except for maybe Deandre Hunter is built to run on that team. (laughs) Like Kyle guy, Ty Jerome, um, is a Diakite, Jack salts. They're all built (laughs) to (laughs) To stand in a place and take up room. 
and do the pack line thing. Now, I... Let's talk about, just again, really, really quickly, um, ACC honors. How did Kyle Guy get first team over Ty Jerome? Am I missing something? I don't know. I mean, he didn't have a bad year, but I thought Ty Jerome was a lock over Kyle Guy. Um, also, uh, Cameron uh, Reddish did not make an all-ACC team. Which also makes no sense to me. Kenny Williams was snubbed for all ACC defense. Yes. Yes, he was. Um, That's, I was listening to the, the Carolina Insider pod. That one is one where they kind of look at the stats more. Like they take the block leaders and the assist leaders and they use the eye test. And it's like if you don't watch Carolina all the time, you don't really know that Kenny Williams is a – He he deserves to be in that top five. He deserves to be on the all-defensive team. I just am not surprised that not every person that voted knows that. Knows that. Like, it's... By no fault of their own. Because I... Right, right. If you would ask me, like, who's the best defender on... Georgia um, Tech. Or... Georgia Tech. Or even Virginia Tech. I think it's Kerry Blackshear, but I just think, uh, again, that's me going off like block shots. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, I get it. It's, I can't even remember who gets a vote. It's like the coaches, the one or the, the people that does the radio, the Homer radio for each team. So like Jones angel gets our, our vote. Um, and then one media member for each team, I think one person who covers each team. Yeah. So, you know, and also make their ballots public because <laughs> oh, whoever I did totally not agree. put R.J. Barrett and Kobe White on the all freshman team, take their votes away. Three take people, them away. Three people <laughs> said Kobe White was not one of the five best freshmen <laughs> in the ACC. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Everyone who did not put R.J. Barrett and Kobe White on the all freshman team should have their votes taken away. But that's that. Let's that stat for that. Carolina, Cam, well, Louisville. Before we go, Cam, Cam Johnson is first team All ACC. Yes. Luke May, Kobe White, second team All All ACC. Congratulations for them. Okay. Yeah. Carolina, Louisville. Um, I was at work during this game, so I was halfway watching, halfway working. So I was oh, also at work. It was a little oh oh. So it was I the only one that watched it? I didn't watch it. Okay, I was so just I was sitting in the van section. There was, uh, there, the, the joke flew right over your head, David. I was really there. Did. I forgot that you were there, honestly. <laughs> um, it got a little bit iffy. Like I didn't. There was not a point in the game where I was like, "Oh, we could lose this." Yeah, so, I agree with that. There were there were a few points where I was like, "Are we really only up five? Yeah, there were like it felt like we yeah. were killing on most of the game. Yeah, and. Props to Kenny Williams for holding Jordan Nuora to seven points. Like that's really impressive. So, yep, Louisville. And then Carolina Duke round three featuring Zion Williamson. Um, I think you mean Carolina Zion Williamson round three featuring Duke. Zion had thirty-one 
Um, the last two of which ended up being the game winner. Um, I was I left I told y'all in the group me after the game I was satisfied with how Carolina played for the most part in that game. I think they they battled all the way through, and I from hearing how people talked about the game afterwards, a lot of people said that felt like two of the best teams in the country going at it. Um, I think had Zion played all three games, I don't think it's out of the question for Carolina to win two of them or Duke to win two of them. I don't think it would have been a sweep either way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that these are two very evenly matched teams, two of the best teams in the country, and I think that this game showed that either team can compete with any team in the country. Yep. It's just funny at times how, like, even in loss – we got more respect than the two wins against Duke just because we played Zion finally. Yeah. Well, cause you know, all week you heard like, you know, that we're going to get blown out by Zion and, and Duke and Molly the walk. They might was, say, you know, we held, I mean, listen, like, you know, I'm obviously over it now. Like we're moving on to the NCAAs, but like <clears throat> we were up five with like four minutes left and mm-hmm. we had a chance. I mean, we, I mean, between we had missed free throws, Luke missed a free throw, and that stupid an ball that rolled to goal and wire under the that basket. That was that was that was a backbreaker. Like I felt like all night, Luke May could not catch a rebound cleanly, um, and it kind of came back to bite us because he was the one that it went right under. He had it in his hands; it went under his legs, right to Jordan Goldwire, easy bucket for the lead. Um, so you know. Was that game winnable? One hundred percent. So I feel I felt I didn't take that game as harshly or as much of an indictment. Like, oh man, we're not we're not going to win any game. Like, no, we'll be just fine. We just got to clean up our three point shooting and these stupid scoring droughts we go on. Like, that's the one thing that scares me in this this tournament. We keep going on these four, five minutes, six minute stretches where we cannot score, and it's going to kill us. Because we keep jacking up threes when we should be driving the basket. Yes, but some of that was very good defense on Duke's behalf. Of course. You know, I'm not going to discount. Like, they have a great half-court defense. They do. But there are sometimes we were just settled. And it happened against the Kentucky. It happened against uh, Texas. It happened against other teams that I'm just not remembering because we probably won those games. But it was really frustrating. So, I digress. We need to clean up the – and I'm sure – like. You know, and listen, and I, I was catching some flack on this. Logan, I still love you if you're listening um, on Twitter for saying, you know, I wish we would have taken a timeout. I think that's a lot to put on Kobe White, but I understand. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I personally like I know Roy's philosophy is if it's under 10 seconds. I think if, if it's, it's under seven. Break, is it under seven? So under seven seconds. If their defense is not set, but I think Duke's defense was set, like they were ready for it. They it was after a free throw. Their defense was set. It wasn't and, a fast break opportunity. I feel like there should have been a call timeout called, but I don't have three national championships, and I have no room to complain. So my my counter for you is that there was already a play. That's uh, fair. Uh, yeah, it just got ex. It just looked bad because it was executed poorly. Yes, they. What Kobe said after the game is that uh, 
<clears throat> they got the ball, there was more pressure in the backcourt than they were expecting. So when they got the ball up to where they were trying to run the same play, they ran to beat Miami. Um, or to send the Miami game into overtime. Uh, Duke read it well. He said he tried to go to the basket, but he slipped. Um, time was still running out, so he threw it up. Um, even when he threw it up, it almost went in. It did almost go in. Um, and then just Nas couldn't get the put back. So that that was because the he explanation. Got I'm not gonna parse fouls at the end of games, but um, yeah, that's how that's Kobe's account of what happened. Um, but Carolina lost, and we move on. Duke won the championship, and then Selection Sunday. Came along, which and is today. Came Selection Sunday. So, first, before we jump into looking at the bracket, who were there any big teams that got left out? I think the big one for us, at least, uh, the team didn't make it is NC State. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. <clears throat> so. I highly doubt there are any NC State fans that listen to this podcast, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay it right out there. Debbie Yao is a, he's such an embarrassment, bro. Like having her go wild and out on Twitter is so embarrassing. The secondhand embarrassment is real. So I get it. You're frustrated because according to the NET, like according to the net rankings, NC State should have made it. Not according to RPI, not according to strength of schedule, and I Pretty sure not according to Ken Palm. Uh, actually, Ken Palm, they were in the 30s. They were in the, so it was like the net. Okay. Still, I get the, I get the frustration. They're talking about how much they're going to use the net, and it's going to parcel out some confusion. But you cannot justify the worst, and that's not hyperbole. Dead last non-conference strength of schedule. You cannot recover from that. And I said it earlier in the year. You cannot recover from that. You cannot schedule the worst non-conference schedule in basketball and expect to recover. Well, you can. You just you can't do that and also lose to Wake Forest and also lose to Georgia Tech at home. Yes. Like going eight and nine, quad one and two was not enough to recover from it. If they would have won versus Virginia, I think they could have recovered from it. But you you can't have that combination of bad and get in. Yeah. So I I sucks. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, I we still got one Wolfpack represented in this tournament. <laughs> um featuring the Martin twins, which is hilarious. But I <laughs> I think uh Dave and I kinda talked about it on Twitter the, the I think the game that did it in for them was, or maybe not, maybe not, because according to the committee, going into last night, State, like before the games last night, State wasn't even in the conversation. They weren't even in the first four out. Yeah. Because I thought that Oregon, like Oregon winning and getting a bid to the tournament and making Washington at large, I thought thought that was the one that kicked them out. But apparently they weren't even close to getting in. Oh, yeah. I mean, between there were a couple bid stealers this year, and I'm sure it didn't do them any favors, but I did find that surprising that they weren't even in the first four out. That one yeah. I did find that one I did find surprising. 
Um, thoughts on UNCG not getting in? Their Twitter account made a very strong argument for them to make the tournament. Which was I didn't I didn't, I see. didn't, oh, I didn't they, see it either. They changed their Twitter name to UNCG at large and started comparing their resume to other bubble teams. That did get in? Uh it was like over the weekend. So gotcha. it was teams that were potential tournament teams and were on the bubble. I saw one I hate every single Barstool account, including Carolina's, but I saw <laughs> <laughs> I saw State's Barstool like arguing with UNCG's Barstool about who should get in, and that is not a good look in C State. That is that is a that is a rough look for you when you're arguing with UNCG over who should get into the tournament. Yep. Um, as Keith is a winner. <laughs> as far as other teams that didn't get in, uh, Lipscomb. A lot of people, a lot of teams were thinking um, should get in or might have the resume to get in that did not quite make the cut. Um, and then you have a team like Belmont who did get in um, as one of the last four in. I know, Aaron, I think you've touched on this before, but I feel like the if you win your conference tournament, you should not have to play a play-in game. Yeah, I hold that opinion, but I also understand why those teams want to play and play want to play a play in game. Yeah, to say that you get you got to win in the tournament. Yeah, you get to play another game in the tournament and you get more exposure. I heard a I guess this is like a a tournament extremist that said that the last four in should have to play their way in and then be 16 seeds. <laughs> Which is <laughs> oh my god! What well, and that's where the, like some people are trying to like argue like some of the automatic bid sixteen seeds should I mean it should be the last four in instead of them. But at the same time, you look at like Prairie View A and M and such like they're probably a sixteen seed or hate say NC Central. I believe they are the sixty eighth seed. Yeah, they they were like third in the MEAC, um, and then beat A and T and beat uh, Norfolk State to get into the tournament. But um, I Jay Billis brought up a point earlier today on the Bracketology Show that maybe we shouldn't take conference champions. Maybe we should take regular season champions, and those are the auto bids. To, well, but to, then what's the point of having conference tournaments? Hang another banner. Say you won a championship. Well, but no one's going to participate if they're already in the tournament because you have nothing to gain from that. Maybe. I, I think it's a... Ooh, my headphones came out. Um, but I'm going to keep talking, so don't say anything. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's an interesting thought experiment more than like a good idea to say like okay what are we really doing when we're putting together the the field of 68 like do we want the 68 most deserving teams or 68 best teams it kind of goes back to the the college football playoff which i think i'm slowly changing my mind on 
Um, but let's talk about the Big Ten champions, um, Michigan State. And uh, do y'all want to do that, or do you want to look at the regions first? Okay. So let's start in the East. Uh, Duke is the number one overall um, pulling the their first game will be the winner of North Dakota State and Central. Um, are y'all looking at this region while you y'all are doing that? I think the notable thing here is Michigan State is Duke's two seed. Uh, Michigan State won the Big Ten today. There were some whisperings over will Michigan State sneak onto the one line at the last minute. From what I've seen the past couple years, it feels like the committee has their their seats pretty much set before Sunday. Yeah. I think that this year should show the Big Ten that they need to move the tournament a day forward because this year and in years in the past, a Big Ten team has gotten an unfavorable draw because their game finished 10 minutes before the selection show starts. And so now Michigan state, who I think is the best. Um, actually I don't have it in front of me, like who like the actual best two seed is. I think it's between them and I don't know, Tennessee, Kentucky. I'm actually not sure, but Michigan state winning the big 10 today has to, they're in the same bracket as Duke. I think that that's a really rough draw. And I understand the frustration if you if you pull that. But looking around their bracket, uh, the NCAA says they don't care about storylines, but Louisville is playing against Richard Pitino in their first game, and that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I think, I bet Rick Pitino will probably be at the game. Yeah. Not wearing, he, not wearing Louisville colors. He's probably giving them like some, some insider information, too. Um, I I like LSU in this bracket. Like I think that's definitely one team that can challenge Duke just with their size in the front court. You, you think so? But with their hashtag adversity, like they're de- they're dealing with some stuff right now. And yeah. I, I'm not sure how how much that'll factor in, but I agree the the size of LSU they are athletic and big enough to give Duke a challenge. I Looking. think um, <clears throat> I think that a team that gets hot from three will be the one that can challenge Duke in the tournament. One, if like you could find like a defensively sound team that's relatively defensively sound, like you know, obviously Zion's going to get his, but if you can find a team that's defensively sound enough to to guard RJ, Trey, and Cam, and you can get hot from three. I think that there's a shot. So we look at the four seed in Virginia Tech, who is getting Justin Robinson back um, for the tournament. That's closest I can find on that on that side of the bracket. So I, if if you have to think if if the upset happens, I think that's a good place to see it. Um, Unless something tragic happens beforehand, quote unquote tragic. Uh, Taco Fall is going to get dunked on by Zion and it's going to be sad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Poor Taco Taco Fall. Taco Taco fell fell for sure. (laughs) He fell. Put it in the past tense. (laughs) 
Um, so let's move over to the South of uh, Virginia, pulling the big South opponent, Gardner Webb. Watch out for Gardner Webb as the 16th seed. They've won 11 of their last 13. Gardner Webb is hot. How much pressure do you think Virginia has to not <laughs> to not screw this up? <laughs> well, Gardner Webb has some competent play down low. I think that if we're if I'm going to get serious with the hashtag analysis, uh, my dude Laster, um, who was the big man for Gardner Webb, he is good. He had thirty over thirty in the Big South Championship game. Um, if he eats. Watch, Watch out. out. <laughs> um, Oregon gets in as a 12. Um, that they're going to stomp Wisconsin. Like, I would uh, not be surprised. I, they're going to stomp Wisconsin. That is the up, that is one upset I will pick in every single bracket is Oregon over over Wisco. But I but don't you want to see Wisconsin play UVA in the I slowest would game ever? I choke myself with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> How does that even work? Just shove it all the way down. <laughs> um, and let's look at a lot of people are looking at the UC Irvine Kansas State game as an upset. I know I don't know why everyone suddenly knows things about UC Irvine. Yeah, we're, when the Anteaters. When did they become this like <laughs> this Cinderella team? I had no idea who UC Irvine was like less than thirty minutes ago. Quite literally, it's when everyone found out they're the Anteaters. But someone picked them to go to the Sweet... I can't remember who it was that picked them. I think it was Clark Kellogg that picked them to go to the Sweet 16. Interesting. Um, and then looking at the, the bottom half of their bracket, you have St. Mary's, who won the West Coast Conference, um, going up against Villanova, who has struggled this year, but seems to have gotten their act together as of late. Um, and then Tennessee is the two seed for Virginia. Um, I do not have a lot. I know you can go back and listen to other podcasts where I was very high on Tennessee earlier in the year, and I do not feel as confident for them anymore. Well, getting blown up by Auburn by 20 helps that, you know, yeah, kind of quells any excitement anyone has for, <laughs> for Tennessee, but they have players and. Do I think they're a national title contender anymore? No. But they'll beat some teams. They'll make it they'll make it, you know, decently far. I I'll save that. Go ahead. What let's keep talking. Move on to the West? Sure. Uh Gonzaga is the fourth uh one seed. They will play the winner of Farley Fairly Dickinson and on Prairie View A and M. That sounds fake. This this sounds like a fake <laughs> tournament. <laughs> I just those those could very well be um made up schools. Uh Syracuse <laughs> like <laughs> schools from like Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm gonna see if I can sneak a made up school. Are y'all looking at it? I'm now looking at it, yeah. Dang it, I was going to slide a fake school in there and see if you can pick it up. <laughs> um, Syracuse and Baylor are the 8-9 um, game. Syracuse always weirdly gets to the Sweet 16. I'm not sure if the size of Gonzaga bother them, but the size of Syracuse might bother Gonzaga, so we will see. The game I am most excited for in the first round is Marquette-Murray State. 
Because that's what Marcus Howard Marcus versus John Morant. Marcus Howard versus John ja Morant. I'm really ready for that game. <laughs> I will have my popcorn ready. Yeah, that's going to be a really exciting game. Um, that is one of the first very confident upsets that I took because I really like John ja Morant. And I think that uh, Murray State is going to beat them. I, I don't think that's a, that's a very hot take. I think that's that very well could happen. Uh, that Murray State team, they, they can play. Um, and then they have one of the top three picks in the draft on that team as well. I think um, not out of the question for Murray State to go out there and get that win. Um, we have Florida State as the four there playing against Vermont. Um, moving down to the bottom half of that bracket. A lot of people are high on Buffalo. I have not watched enough Buffalo basketball to, to say one way or the other, but I, mm, I don't know. But Arizona State is the third selected team into from the Pac-12 into the tournament. I don't know how they manage that. Um, but that goes to show you how bad State's resume was. Um, NC State's resume was. But St. John's playing in that game. Get to see a little of my guy, um, Shamori Ponds. That should be fun. Uh, Screw Texas Tech. I hope they lose. Um, And then you have Nevada as a seven going up against Florida. We've got the Martin Twins. That should be fun. And then uh, Michigan playing against Break Bills College in the um, 215 game. I'm sorry, what college? <laughs> I tried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sir, can you read the word Montana for me one more time? <laughs> I tried to sneak it in there. I tried. I, you did try. <laughs> You're testing if I was paying attention. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> but I said it with confidence. You uh, did. I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did I pull up a fake bracket? <laughs> Um, so thoughts about Gonzaga getting that one seed. They were the fourth one seed. They, they have potential to get to their first final four. It's going to happen this year. I can feel it. Gonzaga? Is anyone going to tell David about what happened two years ago? <laughs> There's some running joke with Big Cat and PFT commenter that they're like, oh, yeah, this could be the year for Gonzaga to finally make the final four. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think that if there's any one seed to bet on to fall early, it's Gonzaga. I feel like it's always Gonzaga. We're going to lose the Utah State. Yeah, that's the upset that I've seen early is us versus Utah State. A lot of people are like, uh, Utah State's got they can they can bring it. Snakes on the plane. Um, I don't know. So I don't know anything about Iona. Um, I'm not going to look past Iona, but assuming that Washington loses to Utah State, Utah State will be a tough draw. Um, I think – we, have we officially moved on to mid, the Midwest? Are we sure. officially – okay. I Spoiler think, alert, we're the one seed. Yeah, we're the one seed in the Midwest. We're playing Iona first. Um, we get the winner of Utah State and Washington. I think Utah State will beat Washington and we'll get Utah State. Um, and then if we win that, we get the winner of either Auburn and New Mexico State or Kansas and Northeastern, which is hashtag rough to get Kansas in Kansas City 
in the Sweet 16. I don't I don't think uh, I Look, I would I, not I be it. surprised the, if Auburn beat Kansas. I think uh, I think this Auburn right. team all it takes for them is to get hot for a little bit and I don't think without LeGerald Vick without Azubuki and I think they're missing one more. I don't they think are. Kansas has the the firepower to come back from that. Yeah, I I was about to say like I don't even know if Kansas ends up making it to the Sweet 16. Um, just because Northeastern is not a joke and neither is New Mexico State or Auburn. Um, and I think if it does come down to Kansas or Auburn, I probably would pick Auburn over them. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I mean, we'll get a good team in the Sweet 16 regardless. I would just rather it not be Kansas. Um, I, I have the Bracketology show in the background. And Jay Billis is just picked the UNC Duke for the national championship. In my heart, of course he did. Like it was, and but he picked Carolina, didn't he? He picked us to win. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Seth Davis must be having an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back to the bracket, we have Iowa State, uh, the winners of the Big Twelve tournament, going up against the Buckeyes. Um. Houston, Houston. going. Houston, yeah. man. That's they're, a rough three seed to draw, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. And they're going up against Georgia State, who won their conference tournament today. Um, Wofford and Seton Hall is seven ten matchup, and rounding it out with Kentucky and Abilene Christian. I will pick Wofford ten brackets out of ten over Seton Hall. I... Just only because only because I only because I'm go Terriers all the way. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I Seton Hall has. I think Seton Hall has played better against the same caliber of teams as Wofford has this year. I don't think like Wofford has came to play up against some power five schools, but they haven't figured out how to put it together. Seton Hall has some really quality wins. I I think people. I don't know. I think Seton Hall has a really good chance. I think Fletcher McGee is all I need to say for you, sir. My Lord and Savior, Fletcher McGee. Seton Hall beat Kentucky. Seton Hall beat Villanova. Seton Hall beat Maryland. Seton <laughs> Did they really Hall beat, beat Kentucky. Yeah. Holy crap! And Seton <laughs> Hall beat Marquette twice. All right. Well, I might be having to redo my bracket tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize this. Yeah. See, uh, they might oh, be underseeded as a ten. So if Wofford, if Seton Hall beats Wofford and Kentucky beats Abilene Christian, rematch. If Seton Hall beats Kentucky. Like sweep, sweep. That would, <laughs> can you? I can. I can hear John Calipari screeching into a microphone now. <laughs> I mean, it makes our lives easier. I'm not going to look past. I'm not looking past anybody. After what happened to Virginia last year, I'm not looking past anybody. <laughs> yeah, it starts with Iona. Um, the one thing I do know about, or the couple things I know about Iona, um, their three point defense is not good. It's like two. 40-ish in the country out of 353. Yeah, we do have to hit the shots. Um, they do like to, to run. Um, they are Good. in the top 20 of tempo, so it should be a upbeat game. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Try us. I love I, when little teams, I love when little schools say we can run. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's see it. Um, let the let the bloodhounds out. <laughs> let Co- let that hair go, Kobe. So yeah, that is the the broad views of the tournament. So let's talk about who we think will come out of each region. 
Um, sure. I can go first. Or I can just spitball it because I don't. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, I can go first. Okay. I think in the Midwest, I would pick UNC coming out. If it ends up not being us, I would pick Houston to come out of there. Okay. <clears throat> not Kentucky. Um, in the South, I am going to make a prediction and go ahead and say Tennessee is going to make it out of that into the Final Four. In the East, I think Duke will make it out. And in the West, I think, let's see, who do I think will make it out of the West? Watch it be Syracuse or something. What if it's always Syracuse? Something dumb like that. Um, I'll go Michigan. I'll say Michigan beats uh, Gonzaga in the, the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. Um, for me, looking at the East, I, I think it's Duke. I think Virginia Tech has a chance to beat them, which will open it up for LSU and Michigan State. But I think Duke comes out of the East and the South. You, I think we're looking at Virginia. Uh, Virginia's really, I, I still think that Virginia is very good. I think that I don't know if any of these teams are athletic enough to put the put the clamps on Virginia for forty minutes. Like See, I don't think, State but did. I don't think you need to have an athletic team. To, uh, UMBC was athletic, but it's not like they were like beaming with like five star recruits and you know athletic as heck. They just made their shots and played good defense. I think that if Oregon gets to the Sweet Sixteen, I think Virginia can. I think they might give Virginia problems. That's fair. And I also think that Tennessee can make Tennessee can make enough shots to to put Virginia in a bad position. Uh going down to the Midwest with Carolina's third one seed, I think it's Carolina or Kentucky. I think we might see a rematch of 2017. Um, and I won't say, I just don't want to put anything out there, um, for the Midwest. Uh, and then in the West, I, um, I don't know why I, I keep looking at Florida state. Like I, I keep looking over all viable. the teams. And they are I, viable over there. I keep looking at all the teams and my eyes keep coming back to Florida state. Go with your heart, bro. That's what this time of year is all about. Why don't oh, you just gee. pick Texas Tech and get it over with? Oh my goodness! Please, who are they playing in the first round? Northern Kentucky. Um, Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Hey, the Norsemen have been hot. They had uh, that buzzer beater to win one of their to win the semifinal game. Uh, watch out for Northern Kentucky to make a run. Hot enough to burn a tortilla? Oh yeah, can scorch. We're going scorched tortilla out here. <laughs> scorched tortilla. What? The, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron, do you want to go? Or have you finished? Yeah, sure. Um, my final four, Duke, Virginia, Carolina, and Florida State. But not actually, obviously. As fun as that would be. Um, I've got LSU. I've got, I forget who I took from the South. Really? I think I had Wisconsin, maybe. Wisconsin or Virginia. Got to go for that slow ball. 
us out of the Midwest and out of the West Florida state. Um, I, I forget where I saw it. It might be like that five factor stats, um, Twitter account, but they said it was, it was harder for Virginia Duke and Carolina to win the ACC tournament than every other school to make it to the final four. That sounds about right. <laughs> like, if you look at what Carolina d- did, they played Louisville, who is a seven. So that yeah. would have been a a one versus a seven. You see that in the Elite Eight. And then you have a one versus a one in the Duke game. And then if we were to play Virginia, that's another one versus a one. For a, a title. Yep. So yeah. ACC is stacked. Three one seeds coming out of the ACC. Represent. What else are what other thoughts do we have about um about the tournament? I I hear less people complaining about seeding and choices this year than I did last year. Yeah, me too. Like I feel like a lot and is that because there are more mid-majors in here? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I hear less complaints, which, great. I have to, I get to hear less whining. But, like, the main I, thing, even Jay Billis was satisfied, which, like, never happens. Yeah. Or Dick Vitale's always got the ones because he wanted Belmont in. He thought Auburn was could be a four instead of a five. Um, and what, where was the other one? But he, even he admitted that's nitpicking. I think – Yeah. A couple of the teams are slightly misseeded. I again, I think Seton Hall is better than a ten seed. Um, I don't think there's anything as egregious as that one year Wichita State was like a ten when they should have been like a five or four. Yeah, and they were playing Kentucky, and we had to hear Cal <laughs> moan and groan about it. Which again is not Selection Sunday until Coach Cal is complaining on ESPN's Bracketology Show. Uh, but I. With the field, I think the field is pretty good. Carolina had it has a tough draw. Yeah, we have. I think we have the toughest draw as a one seed. I, I mean, I still think we can win our region. I'd have oh, either us or Kentucky. Um, I think Bill Nova is could still very well come out of the South because lately God. I just see Tennessee making too many mistakes. And if if Villanova wins their third championship in four years, I would actually throw up on myself. Like I'm not sure if they beat Virginia, but I, I see Villanova and Virginia as the Elite Eight matchup. I I think it's gonna be us and Kentucky, if not Auburn, Kentucky for the our Elite Eight. Um I mean I like Fort Michigan and Gonzaga, but I think you have to look out for Florida State because they have a pretty simple route other than Marquette getting to the Elite Eight. Um, I mean, you have to think about Duke, unfortunately. I I think they're most likely going to get out. But if they catch Michigan State, that's probably the biggest chance I think they'll have before a national championship. Well, I don't know. What if they caught Gonzaga again in the Final Four? I I mean, I'd be fine with that. I'm, I'm more comfortable with them facing Michigan State than Gonzaga, in my personal opinion, even though Gonzaga beat them at full strength. Well, the, you know, they would catch them. MSU would catch them in the, what, the Elite Eight? Yeah. Well, Duke would catch Gonzaga at full strength. Because mm-hmm. then now they'll have Killian Tilly. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I like, hopefully Michigan State 
maybe Florida State, uh, Villanova, and us. We beat Villanova, and then like uh, Michigan State, and so it's just rematch of 09. I'll take that. Um, Part of me wants to play Kansas just to see if Roy wants to like run a train on Bill Self and <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, if we catch Kansas, I, I really want to break the curse. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the least scared I am of Kansas. But again, it's like Texas. It's like something about that game. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's something about that game. Um, what else do we have for the tournament? What time are we at? We are what at an hour and hour ten eight. minutes. Uh, it might be time to, to scooch on <laughs> out of here. Um, there's nothing really else that I see. I mean, Syracuse is always in play just because there's zone – um, gives lots of people fits. Um, mm-hmm. Murray State. If, uh, I'm envisioning Murray State versus Florida State in the, that Murray second State, round. I could definitely see Murray State getting the Kemba experience. <sighs> so UCF versus Duke could potentially be fun. Question mark. The chonk <laughs> versus the anti chonk. <laughs> the anti chonk. Um. Let's see. I oh, did you have a PSA about Zion's life? Oh yeah, oh. I did have a, a PSA. Hey, can we not be really creepy and weird and and post pictures and videos of him trying to interact with people and women trying like like stay like, out of his per- it's None really of us weird. were were s- smooth at eighteen. No, like. If you want to take some like my like text messages or my like no like I would be I would want to die like <laughs> yeah it's just no just stop it it's really it's really creepy it's weird and if it's UNC people doing it please stop <laughs> yeah it's, that's not cool at <clears throat> it's all. really not let stop the kid to, be he's eighteen years old <laughs> like I get it it's basketball rivalry runs hot. People don't like Duke, but, like, let the dude live his life, please. Like, there's a difference between, like, having cameras in your face and having hype and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And then invading somebody's personal life. And this and is getting recording, into... like, like, recording FaceTimes, like, recording phone calls. That's weird. Yeah. And he was being nice, too. Yeah, he, he was being like a, a nice kid. young man. He was being a nice <laughs> young man. He was telling this woman that she was beautiful and to stop telling herself that she's not beautiful because she's so beautiful. <laughs> like, that's wholesome hey, as hell. And <laughs> half of y'all would want that. So get out, yeah, get out of here with that stuff. Happy. <laughs> All right, whatever. I wish Zion would tell me I'm beautiful. Aaron, have fun traveling. Thank you. Safe travels. I'm very to excited. Thank you. I'm not going home, but my family is planning on coming down if we play on Sunday. What day do you leave? Uh, we're leaving on Wednesday night at about 6 after team practice, uh, and we're going to return on Sunday night. If you, if you, if you play at the shoot-around, if, um, let's see, who's, if Garrison Books starts taking threes and making Just any, start cheering for you it. You have to start yan- chanting Garrison Brooks three every time he hits it. So that Roy yells so at us. So that Roy yells at us. <laughs> Tradition. Keep it going. Tell him that the marching tar heels send our regards. <laughs> Sounds good. 
All right, let's get out of here. Bye, y'all. Let's do it. Bye-bye. See ya.